nothing you can say. Nothing's gonna change the Bookshoe Podcast. Oh my god. Show. We got a fatal four-way of co-hosts here to host No Way Out 2006, episode three of our 06 chronological journey. And, uh... We had to break out the goat for you. We had to break out burn in my light. Had to had to do it to him. Listen, listen. Get this get this man a Grammy for 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 writing lyrics. My God, this this man deserves. Give, it, give this man some credit here. Is that, hey, Ooh, are you talking about Randy or Mark? Mark. And I want Terrence to reach across and strangle Mark for the entrance. Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> me and Brendan are El Hermanos, so we're in the same location, just like Ray and Eddie. They're not in the same location, Ray and Eddie, but me and Brendan are. They're brothers. Hey, uh, you could have used one of the many wrestling pairs of brothers, actual, like Matt and Jeff or Owen and Brett. Hey, it's it's, relevant. And it's relevant. relevant to this yeah. podcast, no, that's that's since fair. they literally use Eddie's death as, as t- in two storylines. Hey, but, hey, don't forget that Matt Hardy... Teams with Tatanka on this show. You can't. You cannot forget that. Before we keep bullshitting, let me introduce you to the fatal four-way of co-hosts we got here. We got Rakesh T, aka Tiesel Terry. How we doing? Yo, doing good, Mark. Doing great. Hell yeah. Brandy. We got Brandy Too Hotty. I'm back. I'm part-timer. Back. Yeah. Part-timer. I'm I'm the Brock Lesnar of this of this podcast. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I, I'm not going to disclose how much they pay me. I'm a man of character, but it's uh, it's limited dates and high pay. I'll tell you that. You wouldn't believe the negotiating uh, this man forced me to do on the ha- on the half of the book shoot. I only care about the checks, people. I only care about the checks. Nothing. He doesn't care a, a slim pickings for this podcasting business. He's just like Hunter. He doesn't want to work on Tuesdays. So. And and in- <laughs> that was a good that was a good call though. And introducing, last and very least, we got Matt Smith on the call. How are we doing? Hi. Uh, this is the first time you used my real name, and now yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. But I'm here, yeah, and I'm happy to be it's here. The most, it's, it's just, you know, there's only one of them in the entire, <laughs> in the entire world. So. Yeah, Smith is not a common last name. So, uh, yeah, I, this is, this is a, a big-time pay-per-view from at least uh, I, can, I can speak to me and Brendan's childhood and Matt. I, I, um, that's not this one. Though. Oh, that's, that's, next, that's next pod, Brendan. You better, you better wait. Little Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there, but so this is a big... This is a trip down memory lane. Yeah, this is definitely in the lore of our childhood. The memories, Takeover's angle, Ray. Ray Mysterio was Matt's, literally Matt's idol. Yeah. They they have the same scar above their left eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 06 whole, the whole season of 2006, all of these shows are going to be nostalgic for us in a trip down memory lane. But when I was, when I came up with this idea to do, to try to come up with a season of, to try to come up with a season of, uh, of shows that aren't covered. Like, obviously, the Attitude Era is so overcovered. The Hogan Era is so overcovered. WCW and ECW, there's a lot of coverage on it. But uh, 2006 is something that gets lost in the shuffle because it's after their hot era. So this whole this whole run is really nostalgic, but No Way Out 2006 is number one in nostalgia for me. This Angle Taker match is something that, like, it, it was. 
I don't think I saw it for so long. I didn't have it on VHS or anything. So we saw this live. And I don't think I saw it really until the network came out much later. And it, it holds up for me on my end. Yeah, I just, when you're talking about how we're not doing the attitude because A, our childhood was after it, and B, it's been done to death, a thought just hit me of like, our wrestling nostalgia is like the middle ages of wrestling. It's like the dark ages. It's just so, it's like, ugh. Like nothing yeah. kind of happened, even though it's important to us. I think there's there's differences. No, there's there's glimmers there's glimmers of greatness in there, but uh, the meta narrative is like, ugh, this era. This yeah, has some fucking hey, awesome it's a hell shit. a lot better than what's going on right now. So. Oh my god, uh, I'm nostalgic for 2016, let alone 2006. Mm, yeah. So let's uh let's start it off. We got No Way Out 2006. Uh, a little business note. Uh, on No Way Out, the year before. Uh, the, the buy rate was double what 2006 was. So that just goes to show what we were just talking about. Um, this is a little bit of a, the Middle Ages, and a lot of the a lot of the pay-per-view business is down a lot. And that's just how it was after 2001. It dropped to 2002, and then it dropped again in 03 and so on, um, which is why I made such a big deal on that Rumble podcast that that was the only show in 2006 that outperformed its uh, prior the year before. And I, I think that they shoved Edge down and they really hurt the business after that. Uh, and this isn't a really built card. That's Mark's uh, not conspiracy. I don't know what the word is, but he, he's pretty convinced that they screwed Edge over and that, and hurt, that business. hurt the business. Which I, sure. I think it's a good, I think it's a pretty good, uh, yeah, pretty I, good observation. But still, I we're, big, we're big Edge, edge heads. Oh, absolutely. Biggest Edge podcast outside of uh, Edge of Christians podcast. I just, I just want to know how the entire industry of stage performances is like, was doing at the time. How is the circus doing? How is like roller derby doing? Like what is, how can we measure this? Yeah, we need, we need comparables. We need, we need um, entertainment comparables across the entertainment business. Yeah. You know, we, we make movies. How is the movie business doing? <laughs> no, but I literally heard in a shoot interview that, um, uh, I forget who. They're like, yeah, Vince Woody would compare himself to the circus in, like, pricing for tickets. Yeah, no, they, it's Pritchard. Pritchard definitely used to say that a lot. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. used to compare it to the circus and, like, to concerts and shit like that. Carnies. So the buy rate's cut in half from 2005. By the way, 2005's No Way Out is fucking terrible. It's like, uh, I can't even remember, but I'm pretty sure JBL and Big Show are, like, the main event in, like, a barbed wire steel cage. Yikes. Um, I didn't watch until the five. So. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's the main event of that show. So I'd say that the the, the creativity's up here in 06 from 05. That, like, business that heel JBL, like Yeah, it's a chant. Okay. Was there yeah. ever a face JBL besides APA kind of? Or Yeah, that's the only time he's been faced. Yeah. Yeah, I just meant the classic, you know. Oh yeah, that's his that's his run. Yeah, that's part of his run. Okay. So we're coming to you from Baltimore and Mer we got Baltimore, Maryland. We got Cole and Taz on the announced team, and we start with a promo package. Uh, this is like these promo packages that we've covered from the Rumble and the New Year's Revolution and this show are so nostalgic. It is ridiculous, and I, I was talking to Terry about it. The and I've talked about it on maybe all all every podcast in this 06 season. The shots that they have with these dudes in front of whatever it is falling, like the Goldberg. Like pyro or the rain or whatever it is. Yeah, the rain. Mm -hmm. rain classic. That that was their go-to. The rain, with dark uh, backdrop. 
Kurt Angle. Probably, I'm trying to think of how like they they like set that up. They're probably it's probably like a black yeah. black screen in the back, and like someone Vince is like saying like more rain, more rain. And like, <laughs> to the top, like shaking like a like a a garden hose or a garden whatever. Uh, I want a I want a documentary on just that the making of that like like those promos because they did them for like ten to fifteen. We need to get one of the old like we need to we need to do a deep like cut. And, and deep investigation and find these old interns who like were in production with the company and like oh, yeah. them on money. The podcast. money no one's doing that no other podcast is doing that <laughs> an accounting firm now it's like your partner is like yeah back in 19 yeah, it's like 20 years later like you really want to talk about this like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the whole promo package is putting over the big gold belt um which has felt more and more important since triple h decided it was going to be so uh, when Brock when Brock was the undisputed champion and he was on SmackDown and then Triple H worked for about two years to make sure that the belt he held was the main belt and I would say that it feels like the main belt like I know Cena's uh, the WWE champion on the other show but the World Heavyweight Belt is main main event of the Rumble it main evented a lot of dual pay per views I know the WWE title ends up main eventing Mania so I think that's really where it shifts. But uh, and it, it also doesn't hurt when you have a fucking midget win the win the world heavyweight title. It definitely hurts uh, the mystique of the belt. Yeah. You know what? That man has gone through a lot. <laughs> the champion in my heart, and I don't. I I hate you deserve to smirch that. that great man, that great <laughs> Hispanic Camino driving man. Speaking of uh, Hispanic and driving, mm-hmm. Randy Orton's legendary quote of. You're looking up to the heavens as if Eddie's up there, but he's down there in hell. It's unbelievable heel. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. There was another one-liner that he said was, um, your chances of winning are the, cha- are the same as Eddie coming back to life. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually worse. That's worse. So... And I, I, I also want to know. I also want to know the negotiations with like Vicky and Chavo and that. Vince is like, does Vince come to them and be like, "Listen, guys, we're gonna we're gonna continue to employ you, but we're gonna run we're gonna run angles on Eddie's death, and we're gonna we're gonna really give it to him. Uh, just just to give you a heads up, we'll pay you a couple extra. We'll give you a couple extra checks, but we're gonna literally say, you know, he's dead a million times." See like, what happens? I think it's I think it's progressive. Like I think it starts as like we're gonna we're gonna use Eddie's death as a positive and Rey Mysterio is gonna honor him. And then it turns into Rey Mysterio crying and the announcers we'll talk about it later, but the announcers it, you have to think about it, if he's let the Guerrero family down. And it's <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's just like all right. Like I think it definitely started as like a nice thing. I wonder if they sold it as if like Ray's gonna go over, and then last second they changed it. Even though the whole time they like Vince knew like Ray wasn't gonna. Whatever, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but talking about how Ray puts up his uh, his mania opportunity, I fucking hate this. I hate when this happens. Anytime the rumble, when the rumble happens and the winner is crowned, that guy needs to go to mania. Yeah. The whole he puts his title up or he puts his his title shot up. It makes Ray look like a complete fucking stupid baby face who can get tricked into anything. And I think it's a dumb storyline and it really hurts him. It also makes the rumble just not as important. Exactly. Um, but the, yeah. I like mean, the, I, I, 
in this in this case, I guess I don't know. It's still not great, but in this case, it's maybe not the worst thing because it's like the whole Eddie and Ray dynamic. Like and that's Ray like one, that's like the one thing who could like get him to do that maybe. But anyway, I think, I think it's fine. I think it's like a, a real commodity. He's like putting up your number one contendership. Someone put up their money in the bank. Uh, whatever a couple years ago yeah i hate that too i hate that too that's how mr kennedy lost it to edge yes how uh, mr kennedy lost it to edge ziggler faced cena for it yeah. won um no that's the company being like yeah we're gonna we don't want you to as this anymore so we're gonna like but ray still ray him. still fights in the mania match it's not like yeah i think that they i think it comes down to them not trusting ray and kurt as like a legit I match just, i think they just wanted to insert like orton in there for another name to boost it because it's wrestlemania and they probably didn't know what they were going to do with Randy outside of it. Yeah. Um, my example on what is like how how it should work. Austin won the Rumble in 01, mm-hmm. and he's had he still had an amazing like three stages of hell match against Triple H at No Way Out that Triple H actually won, and it's a fucking great match. And Austin still goes on to the onto Mania, and it's the match didn't need any bullshit, any stipulations because it was a great enough rivalry as it was. Ray and Randy could have fought, and it could have been for nothing. I know it wouldn't have meant as much, but it's still, I don't think it really changes the business that much. I think it's just something that you do to not make Ray look dumb. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I guess you're right. It's probably just something they threw in as a uh, another stipulation in case they were afraid of Ray not being, like, over as a, as a guy. Which, by the way, we get to Mania. Ray, Ray gets booed at Mania. So it's, like, it's a whole mess. So the promo switches over to the dead man. Uh, I fucking love that this Kurt Taker feud is just about two guys that are fucking badasses that want the belt. Like, I, 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 I love that there's no bullshit. It's just like, Taker came out after Angle won the belt. I want that. Angle's like, you're not going to fucking get it. And it's just that I, I, I think a lot of people would call it lazy, but they had three weeks between the Rumble and this, and it's just when you have two guys like Taker and Kurt, I just don't think you need to introduce bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just what it is. Uh, this is also Taker coming into his own as a worker, in my opinion. Uh, he said on the Bill Simmons pod that, like, 08-ish is really when he thinks he became at his best, which is funny because he was so fucking old by that time. But Yeah, it, it is funny how I was thinking about it while I was watching it. Like, obviously it was, what, 14, 15 years ago at this point? But, like, at that point he's still, like, 40 years old or something. Yeah. Maybe even older. You can tell with his fucking facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Observations. He was like blonde. He was like 20% blonde. Like he had yeah. Matt said that too when I talked to him. He's like a high school girl who just got out of a swimming pool. Like their roots were <laughs> blonde, but the rest was like dyed. It's very. How do you go into a pay per view with not like your hair perfectly dyed? Yeah, I don't know. He uh, definitely was resembling Big Red that. Booger Red. Booger Red. I'd rather have Angle's hair in that match than Taker's. Oh, Angle's hair is bad. And when he used to have hair, when you when I go back and watch Angle now, I meant just have no hair than have Taker's hair. Now. Oh yeah, well yeah. But when you watch like Kurt's with the hair, so observations. Weird. While we're speaking of on observations, I don't know if Terrence noticed this because we happen to be, you know, kufagers. Like we're we're into physical fitness. Yeah. Um, Kurt Kurt Angle has like these this weird like arms to like torso ratio yeah he's got like t-rex arms no he's got weird arms i uh, yeah and i don't know if it's because of his neck injury where he can't yeah, do yeah, exercises yeah. now so i now feel bad 
but it's just like and it got like the last couple of years when he stopped wrestling it got even worse but like it's just one arm shorter than the other too his one arm's really short yeah it's like you could tell he can't do like like either tricep or like rear delt exercises but his his back is still big it's just yeah. odd but I, well, it's probably because of his he neck. really works on those upper rhomboids he's also got i mean he's probably got fucking a huge lower body like his fucking, like, the strength okay, yeah. of his body, when you see him, like, pick people yeah, up in dude, German, it's probably ridiculous. Dude's got Saquon legs. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, Kurt keeps calling himself the best in the world on SmackDown. Cease and desist. Chris Jericho Irvine and Phil CM Punk Brooks. Uh, <laughs> I think they should, uh, they should check themselves before they wreck themselves. Uh, and then the promo's over, and it cuts on. When I'm in the ring... I don't have a soul either from Kurt Angle, which is pretty cringy, but whatever. It's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of No Way Out as like a name for a pay-per-view. It's not like Elimination Chamber or Money in the Bank or TLC or Hell in a Cell where it's like you can do whatever you want with, with No Way Out. It, 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 it's yeah. not pigeonhole you. Fine. It's, a fine. it's a good non-specialty. Yeah, I like, I like the set too. It's like a lot. Yeah. Chains going out. They don't have. They don't have that. It's it's re, it's retired now, right? It's not like a paper. Yeah, elimination chamber now. They yeah, should kept, they should have kept no way out. I, don't I like, agree. I don't. I'm not a fan of the gimmick being the pay per view name. Like yeah, Fatal Four Way. I Fatal agree. Four Way. Awful. Awful. Size like so elimination chamber maybe. Even if elimination chamber, like I'm fine with the elimination chamber being a pay per view, even though I'm I'm not really, but I'm fine with it. Put it at the end of the summer. Yeah, it shouldn't be right after. It shouldn't be right after uh, the rumble. After it's the rumble like, before Mania, it's, it a weird, it's just weird. There should be nothing between the rumble and Mania. And if there is, it should be like fast lane. It should like, like whatever. Elimination Chamber should almost be like the rumble for SummerSlam. Yeah, Survivor Series. Like, like, like no, you know what? That's a great I, idea. I'm oh, yeah. here for like a big show that's not Mania. It's a fucking battleground. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it should still be a match and no pay-per-view. And you can even split up the men and the women. Like, have, have what, the men before uh, Survivor Series and maybe have the women before another pay-per-view. And just, like, yeah, yeah. split up and have it in other pay-per-views. That's a great fucking idea, Matt, too. Because every time I see a Chamber pay-per-view, because obviously I'm doing my, like, chronological shit, when I watch, like, it, I, I watch the first Chamber, and then when I get to the second one, I'm like, I've seen the fucking match already. Like, yeah. there's a certain amount you can do in the Elimination Chamber, like... Yeah. It's a great, it's a great way to have women main event too. Like six yeah. women main event and just put them at the end in a, their own chamber match, unrelated to the men at all. Just well, I'll a- tell you what, they did that in Philly uh, the day before COVID happened uh, when me and when I was there, and it was the worst pay per view I've ever been to. So by far, it, it's unbelievable. That yeah. elimination chamber pay per view this year was a complete fucking joke, and they should refund every person in that goddamn arena. Wait, are you saying, Matt? Are you saying they should? Put one elimination chamber match like the men in one pay per view, and then yeah. diff- and then the women's in a different one. Yeah, it's and, yeah. Have it as like a special Hell in a Cell or a cage match or whatever. Just like, it's a gimmick match, but it shouldn't be the whole entire pay per view. Just have a, it's a it's a the build to is oh the men are gonna have a, a elimination chamber match and the women are gonna have it. Yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. just spread it spread it around. Not have uh, I I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole, oh, this is the first of many. Michael fucking Cole uh, comments, but Cole calls it a virtual museum of WWE history and then brings up Billy Graham beating up Bruno San Martino. Not beating him for the belt, beating him up. That's what he says. Beating up Bruno San Martino, which is two company names ago in the WWF. 
maybe, you know, WCW ran Starcade or Great American Bash every fucking year in Baltimore. You know, you bought the fucking company. Maybe maybe mention it once or twice. You know, it's not poison. Was it, not only was it two company names ago, it was two generations ago. It was like our grandparents. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And then he... But the, the second match he mentions is where Vince McMahon beat his daughter Stephanie a few days before her wedding. What the fuck? What? It was such a weird thing to be like, this is what... Well, everyone knows Baltimore for this. Vince Stephanie. <laughs> Wow, you're a better man than me. I didn't. I cannot stand the Michael Michael Cole and Taz combination, so I had him muted for the entire thing. Yeah, it's not fucking great. Uh, so we start out with the cruiserweight. This is unbelievable. There's been like a cruiserweight invitational at all three shows we've reviewed. In some form, there's been some sort of cruiserweight invitational. Then that's all they can come up with. They had no idea what to do with them. And it's the same thing every time. It's like just give an invitational. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. That's all he doesn't care. from all the same match. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna fly. The less said about this, the better. I'm just gonna mention the names and a little quip about him. Gregory Helms and his awful fucking music. He's been on all three pay per views. I fucking hate Gregory Helms. Go be the goddamn Hurricane and shut the fuck up. How, how is Gregory Helms a cruiserweight? Yeah. <laughs> Scotty Tuhati comes out. He was the man. I love Scotty Tuhati. Uh, he had a classic with Dean Malenko at Backlash 2000. Uh, little little hidden gem. We there. get it. You, you watch a lot of matches, sir. We get it. Did you just say Scotty versus Dean Malenko? Was for the light heavyweight title. Wow. That's in 2000 at Backlash. I'm pretty sure it opened the show. Dave Meltzer gave it a, a four and a half star, which is the highest he's ever given a match south of the, the Mississippi. <laughs> uh East of Japan. East of Japan, under the Mason-Dixon, across. Uncle, Uncle Dave's going to hop on this line and beat your ass if you if you don't watch yourself over there. Yeah, like A, he would know what is happening on this podcast, and B, like an old. <laughs> oh, I, he's a listener. He's like an old. I've got a, dile- I've got a direct line to the melts, so uh, let's let's we relax. Have, we have a big, we have a couple of big followers who who have who who melts or follows, so there might be some <laughs> indirect. I'll just say this right now. They followed us. If you follow us and you're like a legitimate podcast, I'll give you a shout out. Shout out to the New Blood Rising podcast for following us. Hell yeah. So uh, moving on to the rest of the team, or the rest of the, not team, I forgot. It's a fucking invitational. Uh, was never a big London or Kendrick guy. They come out as singles tonight, but they come out together. I didn't, they held like, the SmackDown titles for a really long time, tag team. They both look like they're fucking high on ketamine at all times. Like, there is no time where they have not smoked K2 directly before the fucking match. Was uh, uh was what was a uh, Spanky? That Paul was it Paul London? Is that his name? What? What's who's London again? The guy with dark hair. Yeah, his dark hair. Brian Kendrick was Spanky. Okay. And Brock Lesnar absolutely annihilated. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ran around the halls naked. He, well, he uh he spilled. Chocolate syrup on Vince's like suit. Kidman and Paul London not the same person. Not Kidman, you motherfucker. Billy Kidman's from Don't Allentown, you ever, really. don't you ever compare Brian Kendrick and Billy Kidman, WCW legend. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm all uh, cruiserweight. Again, cruiserweight. It's from 2006. I'm sorry. <laughs> Funaki comes out. He was a fun comedy act. Probably racist. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of racists, psychosis and super crazy come out on tractors. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't even think of that. Oh my god. Taz, Taz goes, they're not Mexicans, Cole. They're Mexicools. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? Some some like lady in the office, they go buy tractors. So they call a tractor dealer at Home Depot. Yeah. Like, Hi, uh, we want to purchase. We don't have, have two to, tractors. They have to ship those tractors in like the in like the WWE truck on the road. No, they probably they probably <laughs> they buy them locally. Them. They probably buy no, them locally. We want, we, want to, we want to rent two tractors from you. Oh, what are we doing? Well, we have two um, Latino gentlemen. We have we want to drive to the ring in the tractors. They're literally just uh, driving them fifty yards to the ring and back. They also they also might cut my grass later. <laughs> but the thing is, they weren't just trackers. They were literally John Deere lawnmowers <laughs> driving in the rain. Right. Uh, so, that, yeah, I wrote not for nothing as a joke. Like, at the end of that Taz quip, I wrote not for nothing. And I kid you not, I wrote not for. And as I was typing out nothing, Cole, Taz goes, you know, Cole, not for nothing. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I know everyone, people, you could accuse us, you could accuse me of, like, stealing that from podcasts because everyone knows Taz says not for nothing. But it's you can't even not mention it because he says it constantly. By the way, shout out Taz for making a big comeback in AEW right now. Not not in he's a manager, not not in the ring. But yeah, uh, what's his, what's the guy's manager's name? I'm not up on it. He, he's in the he's main got, event with Moxley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget his name, but it, every I, guy I've seen in like 20 years. Yeah, he looks like uh, when Bulldog came back in 2000 and wore jeans and he was all steroided up. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Is that pre or post crack smoking? Well, everything was post crack smoking. Okay. I almost just did a joke I shouldn't do because it's not ours. Yep. But uh, <laughs> Nunzio uh, comes out. Nunzio was fucking great in ECW. Literally, like the full blooded Italians. Like I don't believe you. No, Nunzio was fucking oh. fantastic. I'm telling you, Nunzio was phenomenal. So was Super Crazy. Super Crazy was really good in ECW too. Um, Cole starts talking about streets and roads. And airports at some point. And JR almost made a run-in due to gimmick infringement. Oh, god damn it. If this fucking Michael Cole is going to talk about fucking streets and roads, I don't, I can't feel my fucking face. He, <laughs> you can't steal my goddamn gimmick as well. <laughs> I mean, how? How? Okay? <laughs> Shout, out then, to, uh, Shout out to JR making a big comeback on AEW as well. Uh, Jim Ross will be mentioned later on in this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Fuck Kid Cash. JR's uh, a goat. JR's uh, great. JR's the fucking best. I did watch WrestleMania 9 when he made his WrestleMania debut. <laughs> and and his Tokyo. face was actually moving. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus that was before the uh, incident. <laughs> no, it honestly is weird to see him in WCW because his face has so much movement. It has so much expression to it. I didn't, like, it was confusing me. Yeah. No, crippling ailment yeah before that he was fine but uh no he's hard to look at let's be honest about it god bless him hey uh <laughs> he's, the he's the goat i love him thing, what were we watching the other night it was we were watching oh we were watching bret hart uh austin bret hart austin from 96 and it was jr and vince on commentary what survivor series or mania survivor series, it's so yeah. weird it's so the commentary is so weird no, the, I think my people always say like Jr. and Lawler are the best of all time. I think Vince, Jr., Lawler as the three man booth are the best of all time. Yeah, I agree with you because like you can sense how much Vince and Jr. hate each other. Yeah, and Kings just there to like quip at both. Ah! Of them. Yeah, puppies, puppies. It's before puppies, <laughs> but it's still like a 
He can he can bust McMahon's balls and get away with it's it. It's funny how Vince has like four different voices he does. Like and I don't put, even, even want to get into it, but and he puts him in the corner. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah. It's a long form conversation on Vince as an announcer. It's it's fucking it's crazy. Like he does not resemble that remark. Oh, like the, the like sudden voice changes he yeah. has is so yeah. crazy. Not to get a tangent here, but did did he? When did he get off commentary? Was it like specifically to do, to, to do the Austin yeah. angle or no? After yeah, after the screw job. Oh, uh, screw job. Yeah. His last his last pay per view was um uh Bad Blood, ninety seven, and he didn't come back on commentary until Jr. had a face attack at uh Capital Carnage ninety eight. <laughs> 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 that might be the most offensive thing I've ever said about Jim mm-hmm. Ross. Um, love you, yeah, Kid, Kid, Kid Cash comes out. Um, he you sucks. Mean, I fucking mean, hate Kid Cash. You mean Owen Hart? I believe I am Cash, not Kid Cash. <laughs> I do believe that Owen Hart did not die that day. He actually came back as Kid Cash. They look very much alike. Jesus. Uh, so <laughs> the match starts and spots ensue. They look similar. You know, spots ensue. That's all that. So much is happening. There's so many fucking people spots ensue. I got distracted after five minutes. And I was like, should I rewind it? And then I was like, no. So that, 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 I uh, could not pay attention in this match. Cole says that this uh, cruiserweight action is fast and furious. Shout out Don Toretto. Um, crowd is pretty hot for the high spots, but it's like, it's the first match. They're all, I'm sure they're all fucked up and drunk. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, you got you to gotta start it off with a uh, cruiserweight eight-man invitational full with people that no one gives a shit about. But this is generally a pretty good crowd. I thought that the crowd was with him for the whole show. Uh, Scotty hits the worm. Legendary. Literally the only spot in the match that I was like, this is a spot. He hits the worm. That's amazing. Uh, it's the worms. The W-O-R-M. Shouts out. In fact, this guy hit the worm with there's like 10 people in a match. Everyone uh, else yeah. <laughs> like the most wrestling is fake thing ever. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely I'm right. Sure, like, I wish I could have seen like Shawn Michaels super kick him like mid worm at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, when, like, yeah, as he's like coming up from like the, the hump, humping the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, Helm steals the win from Super Crazy off Psychosis, and the cruisers all chase him. Fuck that <laughs> match. Uh, so we cut to a backstage segment with Booker T, Charmel, and Teddy Long. Uh, Booker T and Charmel are yelling at Teddy Long for forcing him to wrestle hurt. And then Booker T calls Teddy Long said you didn't look hurt when you uh, when you hit Chris Benoit with a chair on SmackDown when you got up out of your uh, wheelchair and Charmel proclaims it a miracle. And Booker T goes, "It's a miracle, Teddy. It was a guy. It was a miracle." <laughs> and uh, Charmel starts bending down on her knees to beg, and Booker T, "You're gonna make her beg. You're gonna make her. Be- I'll beg too." I'll beg too. And he gets on his knees too, and he's he's acting like he has a hurt knee. And he's trying to bend down, and then Teddy Long says, "You will defend against Chris Benoit. You'll be stripped." And he jumps up, like there's nothing <laughs> wrong with the name. Oh, that's that's BS, Teddy. <laughs> Booker T, Booker T, and JBL were like two heels I didn't appreciate enough in that era. No, Booker, Booker was- King Booker thing was just was yeah. King I'll, Booker. I'll never forget. I don't know if I knew how, how important King Booker was until us three marked the fuck out at SummerSlam for being, like, 20 yards away from him. We, like, we kept putting up the pinky to King Booker, hoping he would respond. He did not. 
some kind of credit like the, the like it's funny because we're like acting like he can see us because we're so close but realistically he probably has lights like for sure mm-hmm. booker t cries to charmel at the thought of wrestling benoit when uh if we're gonna talk about who should have been crying to who Benoit's wife should have been crying to him, probably, instead of Booker T. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, Finley came from Ireland for a fight tonight uh, and carried Crystal to the ring. For some reason, he carried the backstage announcer to the ring and his music hits. Yeah. Weird. Uh, weird. It's really like a, like a melodramatic, like, cartoon that he's going to tie to the train tracks. I didn't understand. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. It was really weird. Uh, Lashley comes out to stop Finley from committing domestic violence. Or possible, um, uh, what's the one pay-per-view? Forcible entry? <laughs> no, that's, that's the CD. Forcible Force, entry. Forcible entry. <laughs> JBL's music hits, and here comes the limo. And he, he gets out of the limo and realizes that Lashley's being beat up by Finley and starts sprinting to the ring. <laughs> Which is a pretty funny thing to see someone sprint out of a out of a Longhorn limo. For some, uh, I like I synonymous I synonymously think of Lashley and Finley together. Yeah, and I don't know if it's I don't know I mean obviously it's similar era era, but I don't know what it is. I always just think of them, even though they're like not the same at all or not even similar. They came in at the same time and they feuded for a while. So I think it's just one of those things. They're probably in like three Money in the Banks. Yeah, too. They, they were always. I feel like they were. Finley yeah. was in a lot of Money in the Bank. Man. He was. I feel like they had an ECW feud for some reason. When last was in ECW, there's you no. Right. Right. I think you could be right about that. But Finley, Actually, nothing says nothing so, says ECW like Bobby Lashley and Dave Finley. Yeah, Fit Finley. Fit Finley. His real name's Dave, but yeah, Fit yeah. Finley. I thought it was. <laughs> hey, babe. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, Lashley is really green, but the crowd the crowd is really hot for Lashley in this match, which is weird. And they're hot. At, maybe it's just they're hot against JBL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taz says not for nothing twice in this match. That's that's, a, that's an important note from this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, JBL locks on a, a sleeper hold that lasts a minute and thirty seconds long. And it's just like this is like a six minute match, man. Like I I don't know like. Hey. Uh, He's about to get in, get out. That's fair. Little moves possible. I do appreciate JBL's like beer gut for being like the character is a, is a good old boy yeah, piece it, of shit it, it, right exactly. now. Exactly, it helps his character. Being a fat, out of shape. No, I agree. Saggy titted old man. Yeah, that's fair. JBL wins after a Finley shillelagh and a clothesline from hell. Finley shillelagh. That's... Yeah. Had to keep him hot. Had to keep him hot for the murderer. At WrestleMania 22 for the U.S. belt. Yeah, of course. Um, and then we, we cut to a Mania 22 countdown with Big Time by Peter Gabriel. I had this written before you even mentioned it. I It is burned into my head. And every time I think about it, I think of like Cena and Triple H and fucking Undertaker and Mark Henry. <laughs> and so, some other matches from that pretty average WrestleMania. That we'll be covering. <laughs> Without that so, song, that, that mania is like probably twenty five percent worse. Just oh yeah. The, the, the song is a, a big necessity on that mania. The Scorsese movie, the soundtrack's like also the most was of that it. where was that mania at? Which one? 
Um, is that Chicago or is that Detroit? Which one? Chicago. Two is in Chicago. Midwest. Twenty-three is in Detroit. Mm-hmm. For some reason that song gives me like New York vibes. You're saying like big town, like I, I don't know. Big Apple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like in Detroit. It's like what? Uh, no, yeah. it's Chicago. 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 Yeah. Windy City. Fire. I think it was. The reason you're saying that is because I, I the WrestleMania account that I just mentioned is like set among like skyscrapers. Yeah. And it's on like the Sears Tower, I think. Mm, gotcha. Mm. Batista comes out as tonight's special guest. Uh, only a month after he dropped the belt in Philly, and they're acting like he's been gone for literal years. Like, it, it is crazy. Cole decides to give Batista's entire career story from Evolution to 2006. Mm-hmm. And he ignored Leviathan and Deacon Batista, but he uh, he kept going. Did you mention when he had to have sex with Jim Cornette's wife and Obi? Oh! Wait, who? Topical. Oh, Batista. Mm-hmm. The cuck of Cornette. What was what was <laughs> what was his name in OVW? Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah. Yeah, what a shitty name. Cornette. Speaking of Cornette, I mean, why the fuck not talk about it? But Cornette uh, is supposedly gonna address the allegations on Monday. He put out a pod on Friday, mm-hmm. um, and his co-host put in like a little like after the pod, like twenty second thing where he's like, "We are aware," and he'll address them on Monday. He should return to some. Well, I guess he had a separate issue, right? And he got kicked off of whatever. NWA. He should just like. Wow. He should just like. Uh, he should just uh, come back and have that be his gimmick. His li- what? This weird. He's doing a workout. Pumping yeah. iron. Yeah, in the middle of the. Mm-hmm. No, but he yeah. to, that Sometimes should be. Got to do what you got to do. Be his punishment. Like he literally comes back and that's his gimmick. Like, yeah, him and his wife are managers. He's like, I'll I'll give you more commission if you. Uh, let me watch you with. Uh, he like he like throws matches if if like the guy like like doesn't sleep with his wife. Like sleeps with his wife or something. Mm. Batista what? says. Do you have any thoughts? So before you, do you have any thoughts on the Cornette thing? Because me and Brian were talking about it. Like obviously we don't know yet. Like there's like there's two sides to every story. But like the Cornette yeah. thing seems like he he uh, maybe him and his wife were swingers. This is just my opinion. Maybe his wife were swingers and like invited some of the talent in. But also it kind of seems like. You know the Pat Patterson thing of Pat's gay, so Pat, if you didn't do what Pat wanted, he wouldn't push you. That came, later came out to be false. But like, it seems like a maybe a oh, I didn't get pushed because I said no to them swinging. It may be unrelated or could be related. Who knows? But it's like one of those wrestling things. Yeah, I think I, it's certainly not the worst allegations that came out over the last seventy-two hours. Yeah, whatever amount of time. Yeah. Uh, just so, just so people know, because this probably won't be released for like a week or two, so, or maybe whatever. So, uh, we're recording this at the time. It's uh, Saturday, uh, June twentieth, I believe. Yeah, June twentieth. Uh, the last couple of days have been like uh, a big trend on Twitter. Hashtag speaking out, um, where a lot of wrestlers, especially it seems UK wrestlers, are uh, getting called out for sexual assault and sexual violence and everything like that. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. You said the UK, not gay wrestlers. Just for anyone the, who uh... the UK community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the show, uh, I, I just feel like we it should have been mentioned because we started talking about Cornette. So I don't know when this is going to come out. But Batista says he's here for three reasons, and he's milking the shit out of this promo. Like 
he went to Vince McMahon's school. Like, he definitely talked to Vince in the back. He's like, make everything three seconds longer than it has to be. Make every pause huge. Yeah. But uh, one, he wants to see Curtin Taker like the rest of us. Two, because he misses it. And his third reason is his tricep ain't torn no more and says he'll beat whoever has the belt. He's not back till August. So I, this is February. I like. What was the point of bringing him out here? Like I, I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. He reminds the fans, but it's almost telling false hope. He's not back for six more months. That's kind of. You thought he'd be back sooner. I, I, I have no he idea. He's by Cena. Cena tears his tricep. He's back in a month. Yeah. No, it's it's a. Uh, Matista and Randy definitely got hurt all the fucking time. Um. Was he filming a terrible WWE movie back then? Something I feel like Batista didn't even do that. Yeah, he never did. Remember when they did that for a while? They would write people off for like six months because they were doing a WWE shitty film. Because your John Cena was usually like two months, six months a long time. But it was mainly like Kane. Yeah, it'd be like Kane, and then like Cena. Cena yeah, had the Marines. The Miz had the Marine Seven. The, Mar- the Miz had like fifteen. The Miz and Marines like two through six, and then made an appearance in eight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we cut backstage randy confronts kurt and they're setting up randy and kurt for mania which i guess we got two-thirds of so whatever mm-hmm. and it's it's a nothing segment though kurt tells randy he's focused on taker and to fuck off basically um eminem's here for an open challenge for matt hardy um and i, I watched the smackdown surrounding this eminem i don't know if this was just a gimmick they did they did like open challenges like every week i don't remember that being a gimmick but like i guess so Wow, they created it and not, not Cena? Wow. Oh, he stole it from uh, Joey Mercury. Um, Melina's, Melina's split entrance is legendary. I mean, it's just... Uh, so is there any... Who was she dating in the roster back then? Was she or no? Oh, uh, shit. Is there any information on that? On who she was... Uh, who she was canoodling with backstage? Part of me too. Like, part of me thinks she was... a. Joey Mercury and uh, Johnny, what the fuck the name is? Sandwich. Johnny Sh- Sandwich. Yeah. They were swingers. Come over here. Come on over there. Fans, uh, something is he happening in the other household? Oh yeah, we got a uh, we got a spider alert uh, in uh, the basement here. They had to switch sheets because Terrence is deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah, Terrence just uh, Terrence just uh. He got a little queasy on me. He's he's like, he's like an elephant with a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate spiders. Terrence, you got any thoughts on Eminem or Melina's split entrance? Terrence, do you think that every night after the match, Johnny Nitro and Joey Mercury were double teaming her? Is that Jesus no, job? Jesus job. Okay. I think Johnny Nitro got some licks in. Yeah. Yeah, Joey Mercury with his broken fucking face. Yeah, but his experience. Uh, he was, he was, yeah, no. He didn't, he didn't go over until he was in J and J security. No, yeah, J and J security set, cemented his Hall of Fame spot in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, honestly, put J and J security in the Hall of Fame with Seth Rollins one day. Yeah, there should be, there should be J and J security should go in with the um the Sing Brothers as just like fodder. <laughs> new character, a new ca- category, just, just like little bump takers. Mm. Great. Uh, guy, there's a guy in the front row with a uh, an ROH hoodie. Shout out Brian Danielson and Tyler Black. Wow, Tyler Black too. 
He, oh, big time Ring of Honor guy, big time. Oh, that's who they were. Yeah, they weren't there at the match. I thought that's what you meant. Oh no 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 no! Dude at a Ring of Honor. Yeah, on the front row. Yeah. Um, but uh, Tatanka comes out as Matt Hardy's surprise partner. The whole thing was uh, Matt Hardy needed to find a surprise partner to go against Eminem because they were beating the shit out of him, and uh, Matt Hardy went and found goddamn Tatanka. Who came back at the Rumble um, three weeks before? Did they give uh, context to that, or was it just like this is the surprise guest? Yeah, like no one was excited. Well, Michael Cole, Tatanka has a, a serious coke problem, and we're trying to give him some money right now, so he's working tonight. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> you're not far off. Chris Chavis uh, definitely had some coke problems. I think. I think that's like. I think you made that up, and I'm pretty sure that was like a thing. Anyone well, who wrestled I mean, in the eighties yeah, had a coke problem. It's like a ninety percent chance that he he did. Yeah. Uh, he returned at the Rumble. Uh, they need to make sure that they're being racist to every single possible ethnicity. That's the only fair way to do it. Yeah, opinion. at least yeah. to racist to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, Equality and racism. Has says not for nothing <laughs> again. <laughs> because. Uh, uh, this, this where we are right now is a Native American burial ground. He was here to enact revenge on his people. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Matt Hardy and Mercury do the same exact same exact spot twice in this match, which I guess was just like, I think Mercury fucked it up the first time. And Matt Hardy's like, we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad Matt Hardy impression. But I, uh, the one thing I did say, Tatanka looks half decent in the ring. Like I, I expected Tatanka to be like falling over himself and looking like a fat fuck, mm-hmm. but he's like kind of moving around. Like it's not terrible. Co keeps you slim. That's that's fair. Molina slaps the absolute fuck out of Matt Hardy. Like, one of the hardest slaps I've ever seen in wrestling. Matt Hardy had a tough go with the Divas in that era. <laughs> you're, not, you're not lying. Uh, I now see it was why it was a non-title match, because Tanka and Matt Hardy get the win. Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. The Eminem's the tag champs. This is a non-title match. No one fucking cares. Why is there a non-title match? Yeah, I do have a non- It's literally just because Tatanka's in the match. Like, that's... Yeah. Tatanka must go over. Like, why not Why not just make it a title match that, like, people aren't questioning why it isn't, and then just have Eminem go over? Like, why are you, why are you putting Matt Hardy and Tatanka over anyway? Or you have Matt Hardy and Tatanka win, and Tatanka forfeits it, and Matt Hardy has a new partner every week until he loses. That's a weird gimmick, but yeah, fuck it. They didn't do that. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that at all. Because Molina's ass sells... I have it on every every day, and every night. Sold me, sold my little ten year old, twelve year old ass. Sold me right into adolescence. <laughs> so uh, this is Benoit, Benoit and Booker. Uh, we cut to a promo building up for their U.S. title match. Uh, they had a best of seven series, which Randy Orton won the seventh match of. So yeah, in a best of seven series between Booker T and Chris Benoit, Randy Orton was the victor in Game Seven. Uh, in, in Booker T's substitution, so he won the U.S. belt for Booker T. It's happened in Philly. Who was the last person to have a best of seven thing was Cesaro and Sheamus, right? Wasn't yeah, it always works. Wasn't there a women women's one after that or no? I don't think so. Not that I can remember. Okay, Booker great. T and Booker T and Benoit did it in uh, WCW, so that's where they got the idea from this for the TV title. 
Um, copied it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a straight copy. Uh, the whole storyline is Booker's faking an injury and is afraid of Benoit. I would be too. He's a murderer. Um, and Matt, there was I'm going to pass this off to you. I'm going to pass this off to you if you will. Even if you won't. At, the, at this match? Yeah. I watch this match, but honestly, all I have written down is somewhere in the match, Benoit puts Booker in a sharpshooter. What I have written down in my notes is Benoit realizes you can't kill someone in a sharpshooter. So he releases it and then puts him in a crossface in order to attempt murder. That's all I have. <laughs> Terry, do you have any thoughts on the match? Um, no, I just that was, that was a good match. I mean, I watched like I, I started off with that match. Um, and the ending that was the ending, right? The sharpshooter into the crossface, and I think Booker T just tapped out right away. Yeah, you said something earlier about uh, how weird it was that they made such a big deal about it. Oh, after the match when uh, Benoit went to the back, yeah. they were showing like Gorilla and everything. Not not even Gorilla, it was just in the back, and there's a line of superstars lined up, giving him a standing ovation, like he was hugging everyone, crying, like getting all jacked up for the U.S. title. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they had to make it about Eddie. Yeah, two everything story was about Eddie. lines about Eddie's death in one pay per view. Was that even known that him and Eddie were great friends? I'm sure he said something when Eddie died, but it was like a, was that like a a thing that's in the minds of the fans at the time. Who yeah, I think it was Benoit on with like kayfabe good friends. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Ray, yeah, like you guys said, uh, Ray celebrates with Chavo, Vicky, and Benoit. And Benoit pre congratulates Ray uh, and reminds him he's doing this for Eddie. Fuck this is what I wrote. <laughs> Hold on, pause. Is is Chavo Eddie's nephew cousin, or nephew, nephew, nephew? For some reason, I always thought they were like cousins or brothers. I didn't realize. I, I always thought they were cousins, but it's nephew. They're like so close in age. That many years apart, it's like a weird nephew thing. Eddie's brother is way older than him. Chavo Classic. Chavo Classic. There's yeah. Classic. There's new Chavo. There's a uh... gonna be Chavito. Is Chavo Classic a big? Is he like a big like? Uh, was he a wrestler too? Yeah. yeah, I think he was a big deal in Mexico. Mexico, yeah. I know Gory Guerrero is another person from the Guerrero family. I don't know if that's a brother or whatever. I know because the Gory special is like a move that he apparently like came up with. I think Gory Guerrero is the one who came up with the frog splash. I'm pretty sure. The Guerreros in general, they're like the funks of the Von Erics. They're like a, a prestigious line of wrestlers. They're the hearts of Mexico. The hearts of Mexico? That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so funny to see Vic, uh, Vicky as a baby face when she turns. Excuse me! <laughs> uh, making an AEW return as well. Yeah. What? You didn't see that? She she uh, she came out to uh, introduce Jericho and uh, yeah, who? What was the match? Oh, it was like this, their celebration after like they won and, like, Vicky Guerrero comes out. She's like, excuse me. Oh, my God. So, I think it was right before. I think it was part of the Tyson segment, actually. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I need to watch this. Yeah. I might be in on AEW if Vicky Guerrero's involved. <laughs> Best heel in the business. True. That's so, so funny. They had Vicky for a crowd pop with no crowd. That's such a yeah. funny, like... Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. That is fucking weird timing. I guess everything's weird timing. What are you just gonna like wait until? Yeah, 
maybe there's a crowd. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird uh, it's situation. It's the most important, but it's still weird. Uh, so we're we're here, folks. We're at the two matches uh, that really matter on this fucking show. Um, we start with Ray Randy. We start with the promo package about Eddie and the Rumble. Uh, we talked about most of it uh, earlier. Randy calls Ray bro at one point, channeling his inner Vinny Rue. Because I swear to God, I swear to God that we are going to manipulate Eddie's death and his family after his death. People don't understand that death sells. <laughs> so uh, Randy backed up a limo out of the arena instead of driving it in to, to like, like it is, it's hard to even explain. Like he like backed it up and then like backed it out. It's like, it's just, and it's trying to be like, uh, Eddie doesn't ride out here in a low rider anymore, huh? And it's just like Jesus Christ, dude. Like, and this is also this is also after he's like this the, the SmackDown after he says the whole like Red, Randy or fucking Eddie's in hell. Mm-hmm. It starts with like the camera on Randy backstage. Like, uh, I have to make a serious announcement. I know a lot of people had a problem with my comments last week, and the way they're shooting it is like it actually makes you feel like oh like. Like, the way they shoot it is, like, actually how they would shoot it if they needed someone to, like, apologize for something. He's like, hold on one second. And then he, like, backs up the car, and it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous. Here's the philosophical question. Who's the bigger mark? Because I'm on the side of, like, you know, it's the storyline. He's the bad guy. He's doing bad guy shit. But am 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 I a mark for that? Or are you a mark for being offended that these carnies would trivialize something in real life sort of storyline. I don't think I don't think either of us are marks here. I think you just shouldn't use death in wrestling. Like that's your fault. The only one that I've ever accepted is Paul Bearer because his entire character is based around death. Fair enough, but I'm literally saying, but you being offended by that death them using death, you're being worked. You're being manipulated to have an emotion that correlates to the 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 thing in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Thing in the ring. That's going to be their next pay per view. The thing in the ring. The thing in the ring. Coming <laughs> this, this February. The thing in the ring. That's what uh, they're going to sell Otis shirts now. They're going to start calling Otis the thing of the ring. Uh, ring. Uh, that thing out of the ring. <laughs> Who the hell is that guy? Just fucking smack his belly and, and, and fucking do I'm the I'm going to puke. So we we start out the we start out the match promo over. And uh, Randy comes out to the illustrious song that began this podcast. In my opinion, the GOAT. The GOAT wrestling theme song of all time. Either that or Edge. Or Edges. Yeah, Edges right there. I have a personal... I think Owen and Brett both have great... Uh, in the mid-90s, the new generation era, I think Owen and Brett's are both phenomenal because they're so similar. Batista has an honorable mention in that. He's not in the, the top echelon, but he's very close. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um... They say on this is so funny on commentary. They say Ray, Ray gave Randy a concussion nine days ago. Oh, that's good. Holy shit! He shouldn't be wrestling. <laughs> like that's just how that is. Like he cleared, he cleared protocol. Yeah, they definitely had a full concussion protocol. Uh, yeah. Cleared it. He's good. Yeah, he blinked three times. They like, all right. He's fine. And to start a trend on how the announcers feel about Randy Orton in this match, since we have two babyface announcers, which oh. is always a Always a great recipe for success, you know. Uh, Taz said he deserved it and he earned the concussion. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
Man. You know what? Maybe WWE did deserve to get sued a little bit for a concussion. Ray six one nine. I'm too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how Ray gives one a concussion if it's not that. I guess like Enziguri. Um, it, it does work though. How much the announcers fucking hate Randy Orton in this match. Like, it's pretty funny, but at a certain point, it gets yeah. annoying. How many times did they say "son of a bitch" and "jackass"? Oh, oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's a whole match. Bring his mother into this. Say what you want about Randy. No reason to call his mother a bitch. That's my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. That would, that would have been, you should have been the good. You should have been the heel commentator there. Deborah Orton is a saint. <laughs> uh, Randy's trying to get Ray to DQ himself because there's obviously no no title to not be lost. So if he gets if Ray if Ray gets DQ'd or uh, counted out, Randy obviously wins. Acting like a complete prick in this match, Randy Orton is. It's fucking outrageous. Wait, before we get to the match, can we say Ray's entrance? Ray wears a shirt of himself in a match that's tributed to Eddie Guerrero, which is pretty like. I actually did. Yeah, it, 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 it was the print of him. It was just a it's shirt. Of him. Eddie. I was like, okay, I'm selling merch here. Yeah, definitely moving merch. Um, Randy dominates the early part of this match. Um, he spits into the crowd, and uh, Baltimore starts chanting, Randy sucks. Yeah. I think Channing's got a lot better. Yeah. Randy also says uh, he does something, he goes, who sucks now? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's some big boss man Ray Trailer shit right there. Yeah, this might be Randy's peak heelness. When he's this frat boy doofus, is him and his best. It's the last, uh, Brendan said it in the chat, it's the last time we cared about Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> around this era. His head bludgeoned in by Brock Lesnar, and we still didn't really care. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Well, one guy cared behind us. <laughs> Brock! Come on, Brock! That's that's too far, Brock. Come on, be a professional. It's fake! It's fake! Tell him, someone tell him it's fake! Ref, <laughs> remind him this is predetermined. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was weird when someone got on the house mic and started yelling that, Matt. Where's Herb D when you need him? <laughs> Uh, Cole and Kaz just keep calling Randy an ass. Not an asshole. I don't think asshole you're allowed to say, but you're allowed to say ass. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty funny. You're saying you're a jerk. They start chanting Eddie. He's not wrestling tonight, folks. So, uh, maybe start chanting Ray. There's CM Punk when everyone... Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what, Eddie? Although, I think I, I think I had a dream the other night that CM Punk returned. Wow. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if that happens anytime soon. Who who do you debut against? What's going on? Give me give me this give me the lowdown. I don't I don't know. I have to I'll try to I'll try to remember for the next pie. It's just it's coming back in my head right now. Did you call Meltzer when you woke up? Dave. Dave. Dave, you're never gonna believe this, Dave. <laughs> I had a premonition that Phil Phil came back. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, there's Eddie Chance, like I said. So Randy starts slapping his chest, and Tad's calls him a. Sh- He's a straight up idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they also show Ray's daughter like around here at this point on camera, and I'm confused why she doesn't wear a mask. I don't get it. The, the genetic gimmick. Her genes not genetic passed on. She didn't get the, the the mask gene. That's the that's the little girl that CM Punk later sang Happy Birthday to in a creepy tone. Uh, yeah, when he was the straight edge society. Yeah, that's a great, that's a weird feud that they let Rey Mysterio literally beat CM Punk for like five straight months. 
in 2010, but like, or maybe, yeah, I think it was 2010. Yeah, it was that period. Yeah. I and Ray's daughter, she only gets like a little camera time just on an entrance where Dominic gets a whole, <laughs> Dominic gets a whole feud. He's back. Dominic's back. He's now. He came back now. A match was set. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Like, he's a legit, like, he's, he's like working. signed by WWE. Yeah, he yeah, did. yeah, yeah, he's signed. Yeah. Um, wearing a mask either. The, the jeans did not get a. As Tony Schiavone, as Tony Schiavone would say, Rey Mysterio Jr. is a good-looking man. Well, here's the thing: is Rey's kids? Because they're not wearing masks. I might, be, they, might be Vince's kids, really. Yeah, someone oh. else. Mrs. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Mysterio may have banged the milkman or something. Not, you know, that's fair. I'm pretty sure. Um, I just this also goes back to the Punk feud. Uh, he Punk uh, when Ray beats Punk, Ray like celebrates with his family because he doesn't have to join the Straight Edge Society. I can still do drugs and alcohol, kids. It's okay. <laughs> but um, his wife comes out to celebrate with him, and she's like a foot taller than him. Really? Yeah. He must have that just pimp mentality of like, yeah, this is how it is. Or he's packing heat down there. Or that, yeah, I make millions of dollars wrestling. What's yeah. up? That's fair. Probably have matches in the ring. I'm a legendary. I'm from a legendary disciple, whatever of of, of wrestlers. Their bed is probably a ring, and they used to have matches, which he loves. Just the like Hurricane Rana. He's like, oh, Ray. They have live sex scenes at home. I'll tell you that. That's how Vince got the idea for Edge. Yeah. Their love life is an underdog, underdog story for Ray. She tries to dominate him, and she he comes back and wins in the end. <laughs> Ray, with, Ray with a dope hair karana, uh to take Randy out of the ring, and then he tries it again from the apron, and Randy slams him into the ring post and drops him on his neck. Um, I remember Ray, uh, Big Show did this to Ray at No Way Out uh, 08 to build up for Big Show Floyd, and that's why Floyd comes in and breaks his nose. Is that when Ray tore his like bicep yeah. or whatever? Yeah, he's actually tore it in the match. I think not. Yeah. Not when the Big Show attacked, he tore it in the match. Uh, anytime Ray or Zach Gowan does that spot where they throw their lower body or their like upper body at the uh, like at the ring post, it's money. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zach Gowan only has one leg. No, yeah, <laughs> Zach Gowan. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. If you've never seen it, anyone yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to this or any four of any or the Smiths over there. We've never seen Brock Lesnar beat Zach Gallen up in cold blood. Look it up. It's with fucking his, outrageous. Besides, besides, besides J&J Security and the Singh brothers, Rey Mysterio and Zach Gallen are also in bump-taking Hall of Fame. For sure. I'm you, look on YouTube, like Brock Lesnar versus Spanky, a.k.a. Brian Kendrick, and Brock Lesnar versus Zach Gallen with his mom sitting front row as his, as his <laughs> stuff is bleeding profusely. It's insane. And he's... <laughs> Brock is like painting his chest with Zach Allen's blood and shit. Yeah, she whipped it. Yeah, he, he licked, licked it too. It. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, after Randy um, throws Ray's torso at a at the ring post, he does the Eddie Chan again, or the, the Eddie slap in the chest again, and Taz calls Randy a flat out son of a bitch. So Jr. has broken a bottle of barbecue sauce and is ready to slit. Cole and Taz's throats at ringside for, I mean, streets, roads, and airports are one thing. I'm already pissed off enough about that. You start calling people son of a bitch. <laughs> I can only use half of my face. You can't use <laughs> half of my commentary. 
It was weird when Taz. <laughs> it was weird when Taz called this match a slobber knuckle. Yeah, Jim Ross is not on the show, and I thought about Jim Ross like ten times while watching the show. On here, Taz. Michael Cole, he's he's beating Ray like a government mule. I don't know what's going on. By God, he broke Ray in half. Something he didn't say, literally. Not for nothing, but Ray is broken in half right now. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, it's crazy how big Ray makes Randy look. Randy looks like a goddamn giant in this match. This is a great David versus Goliath match. And like Randy, like Randy's like six six, so he's pretty big. But like wrestling, it's not. He's not a. He's not Taker. He's not Big Show. But yeah, this is great. He looks like a mountain compared to Ray. He just manhandles him. Razor's edge. Yeah. Sorry. So I was gonna say most of Ray's offense is really just reversals, which is yeah. also a really cool thing. Of like Randy's just. Dictating this match a lot, and Ray's getting lucky, and they're having little spurts of offense. No, they're telling a great story. I actually, I, this match is like, I guess I didn't expect this match to be great because Randy Orton's involved in it. So mm-hmm. I, uh, when I went back and watched this, I was, I was pretty surprised. Like I, I thought this match was a lot better than I remembered. Um, there's a razor's edge neck breaker from Randy on Ray. I don't know if I've ever seen Randy do this, but wow, it was fucking awesome. It was an awesome move. Like. He has him in the razor's edge, and he like swings him into a neck breaker, like almost like an RKO, a mm. little, but it's like reversed, like his body's like he's facing the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely it was a cool fucking move. I've definitely never seen him. I, I feel like I can't remember him doing that ever again or before. He probably couldn't. Ray's the only guy you probably could do it to. You actually might be right about that. That, yeah. that might be a good reason behind it. Um, there's a pop-up reversal hurricanrana. Uh, from Ray on Randy. Randy was kind of going for like the Kevin Owens, I guess. And Ray reversed it into a Hurricanrana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy stomps Ray's arm. And if, this is actually like one of the fun, what my, maybe my favorite part of the show that I noticed. Randy stomps Ray's arm on the outside and a front row fan, like clear as fucking day on like the commentary goes, come on, Randy. He's a midget. <laughs> 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 and then, like, Cole, you can hear, you can tell Cole realizes that, like, someone is talking and, like, the announcers aren't talking. Mm-hmm. So he starts talking. And then in the background of, like, Cole's, like, trying to cover up for it, you hear the guy again go, fuck it. Hurt that midget, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, all right. Like, it was so funny. Like, he had to be in the perfect place for that to, like, happen. Like, it's, just, it's funny. Uh, sunset flip from the electric chair off the ropes from Ray. Uh, I thought that was insane. Like, I didn't think Randy would be able to cooperate enough for that. Like, yeah. Um, Ray does the Eddie, the Eddie uh, slap in the chest. Um, and then Ray and Randy completely, completely botch a reverse DDT. Like, Randy's going for some, some sort of, like, neck breaker. And he reverses it in DDT, and he, like shoves this it's like almost like an x factor it's like so it's so messed up it's so yeah it's impossible to see that ray caused the offense then randy's hurt like what the fuck just happened and then like i I think taz even says i didn't write it down but taz even says like like did did he get all of them there like or something like that it's like uh maybe don't maybe don't blatantly call out when your wrestlers botch moves well maybe Maybe it's covering now. So if you're at home, you're like, what the fuck just happened? So, oh, in kayfabe, is like, he's trying for this, but he didn't get all of it. So it's like, he still hurt him a little bit, but not the full, 
the full move that it should have been or whatever. Also, yeah. side, note, side note here, just for everyone listening, fans and everyone in the room, the ref in this match, we'll go back and watch this match again for the ref. He should not be allowed in most schools. It is the most pedophile-looking motherfucker I've ever seen. Is it Nick Thatcher? I, I, no, it's not. It's some weirdo, I swear. I've never seen it before. I, the only referee I remember from SmackDown is Nick Thatcher. <laughs> like, I feel like he refed like, every SmackDown match. Um, I actually... Tangent here. Mike Chioda went on Jericho. Uh, went on Jericho's pod this week. And, like, it was actually really fucking interesting. Kyoto refed for the WWE for the entire... Uh, he, he, like, came on before WrestleMania 1. Yeah. And he just got fired. Released him, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he, apparently he had, like, no idea. It wasn't one of those, like, oh, we'll hire you back when things are normal. Like, he had just signed a contract for, like, two years a month before. Wow. Which I thought was wild. Um, it's a good podcast, though. I, I mean, I don't give a fuck. I, I'll, uh... Promote Jericho's podcast. But uh, Randy thumbs the eye. Um, it's just great heel shit. Everything Randy does in this match has a purpose. Um, Ray takes a drop kick from the top rope from Randy. Um, and then Randy's sell into the 619 is absurd. Oh, my God. It's like on oh the other God. end of the ring. It's absurd. He stumbles and then, like, Drops down into the ropes perfectly. I don't know if I love it or hate it. It's fucking ridiculous. So I hated it. For, I was watching. Um, <clears throat> my girlfriend came over for the end of this match. So when so I'm like, whenever she's around, when something seems fake, I'm always like, oh, that's fake. So she doesn't say it first. Mm-hmm. So I uh, like, I hated it at first. Like I hated like him selling it. But then when Ray goes to do it and Randy reverses it and he gets the one, two, three, it almost makes it feel like it's like, Oh, was like I'm I'm doing psychology for them, but like was Randy selling into that to reverse it and win? It's like yeah. if that's the case, I can I get the psychology. It, the six one nine is like a sick move, but it's just like it's also just no one ever falls in the ropes that way unless you're facing Randy. It's terrible all the time. Yeah, like, maybe maybe Randy doing it is like a meta, like this move is bullshit, like kind of like commentary on look how retarded this is. I have. Bad word, but still, you know, you to fall seven different ways and I go dive into the ropes to get fucking six one nine. Yeah, I'm a, that's a good point, Mark. I'm gonna believe that he just coerced it into happening so that he could, like, do the roll up and whatever. But yeah, I yeah, it definitely makes it better. So then, um, we uh, we let's have Ray cry a bunch on TV because that's how you get baby face main eventers over. You cry. Ray is a terrible actor. Oh, he's the worst. Him, he's him so in the bad. ring, like laying in the ring and like walking out and like di- diving back at the apron and like holding on to it is like. like when he was like slamming his face, he slammed his face <laughs> on the just... And then when he was walking like, in the back, when he was. Oh, walking yeah. Down the hallway, I, I have a lot like, to say about that. Like, I have that, a lot just, to say about that. It just looks so like forced and awkward. He oh. hit, uh, I'll get to it in a minute. I have a lot to say. I have maybe more to say about that little segment than anything else on the show. <laughs> like, I. Um, so Randy cuts a pro, or, uh, Randy cuts a promo and says, guess what? I'm going to the main event of WrestleMania. You aren't. It was like the third match. Yeah. But then he goes, where are you going? And it's just <laughs> like, hey, nothing you can say. Like, and it's, it's like, oh, man. Like, it was it really beating really right in the ground. Yeah, it's rough. Like, 
It, uh, you know, this is how we get baby faces over. You know, you remember when Stone Cold cried in the ring yeah. um, about letting down his uh, his friend's dead family, his dead friend's family. Friend's dead, his friend's dead family. That's we're talking Guerrero, not Benoit. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but uh, so Cole says, "What a jackass!" I I, le- I legit wish I would have counted how many times they called. Randy Orton, an ass, a jackass, and a son of a bitch in this match. It had to be, like, 20. Like, it's all they were saying the whole match. Like, How would you know he's the bad guy unless you, you like, heard them say that? 20 times. <laughs> how, how, would you know, how would you know as a viewer? Oh, well, it's almost like they should have a heel announcer who's rooting for him, for the bad guy. It's almost like that's worked in wrestling since fucking Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Uh, so my girlfriend had a lot of comments. Uh, about the whole uh, well, Ray and Eddie. Are you gonna bring her on, or are you gonna speak for her? Are you? Uh, I sh- I, so this is a this you know we speak for women on this podcast. Hashtags. Oh, I'm not gonna say that, but um, I'm uh, I, I just thought this was like a funny outsider's view of it, um, because she I like explained to her when she got here what like what I was watching was Ray Randy was for the podcast and um. Fucking, like, I told her that, like, the whole storyline is that Ray won the Rumble. She listened to our last two pods, but her, our whole story, her, the whole storyline is that Ray won the Rumble for Eddie and yada, yada, yada. And when, when the announcers wonder how the Guerrero family felt and if Ray will ever forgive himself, she turned to me and went, this is really bad. I know they've done a lot of bad stuff, but this is incredibly insensitive. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and, and then I go, oh, just because in the back of my mind, I haven't seen this pay-per-view in a while. In the back of my mind, I was like, I'm pretty sure they have a backstage segment that's even worse. <laughs> so uh, Taz takes, so they, they, they cut to the announcers, and Taz takes his orange sunglasses off to uh, let you know that this is a serious situation. <laughs> let me take my gimmick sunglasses off. Uh, let me, let's, let's put the Owen voice on. It would have been great if you took them off and there was a, a pair of like green sunglasses underneath. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, and then when they get done with talking about Ray and Randy, Taz casually puts the sunglasses back on to discuss Angle and Taker. It's like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> uh, so we cut to the back. Um, Ray cries to Chavo and says he let Eddie down and he let the whole Guerrero family down. And Chavo, pick your chin. Oh, it's like everything that is said is so like. Now, here, now here's what you're gonna say. You're gonna say that you did not disappoint me, because my my uncle is dead and he's never coming back anyway. So it's it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, Chavo, yeah, like, Chavo's wearing street clothes, which is like a he's employed by this company. It's like yeah. he's wearing like a casual like oh I'm just in town visiting clothes. He's like he's not you're not Chavo you're not gonna work tonight because you suck. But, like, we're going to have you a part of the storyline where, because your uncle was a great, was a, was a great, you know, whatever for our company, there's going to be a storyline where you're involved, but we're just talking about his death, and you're not actually working. Well, let's, be honest, sounds good. let's be honest. Ray sells more merch than you. Even though you love Eddie more, theoretically, you're not, you're yeah. not it's not for you. We're going to use him as you, just because. Yeah, exactly. So, so you think you're getting a push. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to let you know that uh, Rey Mysterio rode uh, rode a car a couple times with Benoit, so uh, we're giving him the push. <laughs> also, Chavo and Vicky are in the same spot as the earlier promos, meaning they didn't like move, 
So he's been standing in the same spot for like an hour. Uh, yeah. they, they, they didn't go to watch the match somewhere else. He's been staying there waiting. They're standing in the middle of like a warehouse looking room without a TV, without nothing. So you're telling me you didn't watch the match, you just stand there the whole time? There's, there's the whole lives revolve around when wrestlers come back to them. They do nothing in their own. But the thing is, um, uh, uh, circling back, Ray greeted Benoit when he came in from the curtain. And then once Benoit worked his way down the line to get the Chavo and Vicky, Ray was there. Yeah, like, no, did, I know. Where, where, where did Ray come oh, from? Yeah. It was weird. Dude, that was so weird. Vince probably like, Ray, you're going to run? You're going to run off camera and sprint down the line. Also, <laughs> also the Mexicals were in there, which which I feel like they definitely threw them in there just because of, like, the Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are definitely going to be in this, in this line. You were probably really good friends with Eddie, right? <laughs> Vince, we never met him. Well, well, well where, where are the armband? <laughs> See the super racist? Yeah, all Mexicans know each other. Or it's like Eddie actually trained them when they're like 10 years old. Yeah, it's like, I, oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I'm sure they know. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm just joking. No. But uh, they, um, so yeah, this is when Ray starts slamming his fist on walls. And uh, he's, so he slams his fist a couple times on the first wall. It didn't make any noise. Yeah, it made like a like a very like a thud, like not a not a satisfying noise. And then he goes to the other, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I meant to do this to this wall the first time." <laughs> getting like the noise that he wanted, it's like a like not a chain wall, but it's like metal. So you're yeah. getting like bam, like the clang. And you can he does it like five times at the end, like standing there. And it's like you could tell he was just like Vince wants me to bang this wall, and I fucked up the first three. So let me <laughs> let me make sure I uh, show that I'm angry. Is there any chance that Eddie, because he wears a mask, has an earpiece in? Not Eddie, sorry, Ray. And, like, when he has the descriptive thing of in the ring, he cries for, like, five minutes in the ring and, like, walking back from it. Vince is like, more, 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 go back to the ring. Cry, you can't leave the ring. You're so upset, you can't. And it's like, is there more, like, wrong wall, wrong wall, hit the new one. Like, is there any chance? That's a good point. They, they They honestly should think about that. It's not like a, yeah, it probably helped the matches. Do spot 37 now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, another weird thing is we cut directly from we cut directly from Ray smashing walls to, like, the Angle Taker promo package without, like, Michael Cole and Taz being like, oh, this is a big one. And you get, like, the, yeah. the moving image of the two wrestlers, like, going yeah, against yeah. each other. And then it pauses. And then it's like, now let's show you how we got here. Yeah. And that, but instead it's just, like, it just... Like segues in with like no like no anything. By the way, I'm a big fan of the of those those visuals with the moving wrestlers and it freezes. That's yes. you need to get back. Some of them are the best. Christian. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what I just did. I smacked my chest three times and then did a smug face. <laughs> but uh, so Kurt highlights from winning the battle royal. I say this on every podcast, but that's my first. Uh, my first WWE event ever, SmackDown 2006. Kurt Angle won the heavyweight belt. Um, huge moment for me. It's definitely part of the reason Kurt Angle is so uh, important in my childhood of wrestling. Um, they then show Taker appear uh, to confront Kurt after the Rumble. The funny thing is they make it seem like Taker hadn't been there in like forever. When it's like, oh my God, The Undertaker's here. And he comes out and like motions that he wants the belt. He literally returned at Survivor Series and fought Randy Orton and his Hep C dad 
at Armageddon in Hell in a Cell in December. So he literally was gone for like three weeks. Bob Orton's a Hep C survivor. Oh, you don't know about this? I there, There's probably some story behind it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So uh, Bob Orton and Randy Orton faced Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell handicap match. Wait, it, so you're telling me it's in the storyline. It's not just like some back in the 70s. He got it because he bladed in some weird town. Like, it was really in the storyline that... No, 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 no. It wasn't in the storyline. Okay. And they told Bob, they told Bob, Vince, or who... Probably not Vince. I say Vince. Whatever. Creative told Bob that they wanted him to get juice. And he told them that he had hep C. And they told him to not tell Undertaker, basically. Oh. And then he bled all over Undertaker. Jesus Christ. What? And Undertaker, he got fired. Bob Orton. And it's why Undertaker and Randy Orton for a long time were, uh, like, very much didn't like each other. Bob did not tell him, right? No, Bob didn't tell him. He found out from someone, Taker. Wait, what? But did the company tell Bob not to tell Undertaker? Yes. Mm -hmm. But the Undertaker was still the the company guy and not, like, I feel like the blame should be on the company, like, at least partially. I don't, so I don't, I think Bob Orton later came out and said that he disclosed it. Like, but I think WWE, Vince probably said, oh, Mark, we had no idea. Mark. He's the ace. He's Bob Orton Jr. He wears a cast on his hand. He's fucking crazy. I don't know. He's fucking, fuck, fuck Hep C. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it was just like, oh shit, let's not get sued by Mark Calloway. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle, uh, he's back and forth highlights with Kurt Angle and Undertaker showing like, Undertaker in the early 90s and Kurt Angle uh, like flying off the moonsault, young Kurt. But uh, it's, it's pretty dope. These two are top. These, these, these are both top 10 all time, right? Is Kurt Angle top 10 all time, like whole thing considered? Yep. I yeah, think, I, I, I like, so. he was right around 10 for me. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's right around that back end. Um, this, it really does feel like such a big fucking fight, this match. Like, this match has that, like, boxing main event, UFC main event, mania main event feel, where it's like, oh, this is... Like, the rest of this shit was, like, one thing. This is a whole... They they have a match on SmackDown before this or after? Week after. The week after. With Mark Henry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Terry thought that... You could say it. I I thought... I forgot. I thought Mark Henry happened with the No Way Out match, not not on SmackDown. He interferes at the end of the SmackDown match. Uh, that's how it goes from angle taker to taker uh, sexual chocolate exactly legendary mania opponent the one everyone talked about on Undertaker's streak is Mark Henry Um, Uh, funny you say it was like a boxing match because the match opens up we knew the entrances too the match does open up with Taker putting on his stupid MMA gloves and is swinging wildly at angle like he's an actual real fighter He's the best pure striker in the WWE. Matt. Yeah, he got that point across. <laughs> Kurt threatens to uh, in the pro. This is the end of the promo. Kurt threatens to break Taker's ankle into a million pieces. <laughs> it's just that's a lot I of think, pieces. I think I think cumulative time in the ankle lock for for yeah, Taker is probably about like eight and a half minutes. No, he's in it a lot. <laughs> he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. No, he's he's definitely in it a lot. Uh, yeah, so I just said this already, but they start out the match. Uh, perhaps the best pure wrestler ever, 
versus perhaps the best pure striker ever. Does does Undertaker have a gold medal from the Olympics in striking? Because if not, what you just said really demeans the whole Kurt Angle is the best wrestler ever thing, which is actually something you can say legitimately. Like the whole let's make Undertaker an MMA fighter thing because he watched it a couple times is whole is like very annoying, honestly. And it's annoying throughout this whole match. Him and Shamrock practiced some stand-up punches before, some stand-up combat, yeah, yeah. some yeah. crunches. Taker has those gloves and he has those underhand punches. He's like underhand scoop punches where he like, I don't even know what it is. It's like, a, I, I don't even, I don't know how he does it, but. No, he has a good working punch. He definitely mm-hmm. does. He definitely has a good working punch. That or the, on the hook? They basically say he is the best fake punch in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Hall and The Rock are up there. Yeah, I was going to say Razor. I was going to say Scott Hall's working punch looks like he's punching you in the fucking mouth. Um, the Rocks is like the Rocks is silly great. Oh, a slap. He has like the he has like the the like the pitching wind up. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he like twists his extremities. I mean, it was the kicks too. He like, <laughs> he like he like twists his the legs. Kicks are, the, he has the best. You know what? The Rock has the best working kicks ever. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, Cole says neither of these men have tapped out, so I decided to make a list of people that Kurt Angle had tapped out to at this time. And I verified it with uh, with a website. Um, Kurt tapped out to Jericho in 2000, Benoit in 2001, Brock in 2003, Rock in 2001. And if you want to talk about pass outs, not tap outs, he passed out to Taz at the Rumble 2000, and he passed out a month before this to Chris Masters on Raw. <laughs> so saying the whole he's never submitted before, fuck you, Michael Cole. Yeah, it's false. I, that's it's true, true with Taker, but no. it is true with Taker. They say it with Cena nowadays too. Cena, Cena tapped out to Angle at uh, No Way Out 04. Fun fact. Wow. Curtin huh. uh, Taker start out with uh, with holds and strikes to prove Taker's MMA ability. Yeah. Uh, I definitely don't remember the match starting as slow as it did. A lot of arm twisting. Yeah. Know? Taker wanted to prove that, you know, if I was the Olympics, I would have hung with you, Kurt. You want to prove you could twist people's arms and go on the ropes. Yeah, I can prove I can prove I can do walk a, on the ropes walk still. on the ropes and give you a, a weird axe yeah. handle thing. I can work amateur style, Kurt. I'm I'm like the whole walking on the ropes thing to me, he never messed it up, but to me that move's not cool enough to like justify the risk. Yeah. Like Maybe it's easier than I think it is to do, but like if I you mess that up, it looks so stupid. And you're taker too, and you if you're taker, yeah, you can't look you can't, dumb. You can't mess that up. I think it's I think it's easier than we think it is. I think those ropes are bigger than we think they are. Yeah. Also, maybe you hold someone's arm. It's like a weird like. No. Yeah. Yeah. It helps you stabilize. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, he fucked it up. Um, in the Brock match, I think that's how he concussed himself at thirty. Really? I'm pretty sure. Like, he messed it up bad? Well, I think that he was starting to fall, so Brock did the whole, like, oh, I'm going to... Yeah, he, like, went into the ropes, and it was so it was, like, a spot. But yeah. I legit think that it, like, I think Brock reacted. In that, and I think... in, that, in every scenario, they should have, like, they, they should have it set up where if Undertaker, like, messes up, they try to, they have, like, a backup spot ready to go. Yeah, That's yeah. Should... Oh, yeah I'm sure. Like, there, they should have Brock, like, almost try to put him into, like, an F5. And then, like, under have Undertaker like reverse out of that. Well, that Brock did that too. Brock F5 them off of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, there's dueling, let's go taker, and let's go angle chant. And it's legit, like, 50-50 as fuck. Like, it's not, like, a lot of the time when you get that, it's very, like, one is a lot louder than the other. This is, like, very, like, it's one, even. One is solely children and one is solely adults. Yeah. Oh, Cena. Cena sucks. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Angle Germans taker. So fucking far after Snake Eyes. Like, Taker does the Snake Eyes and is going for the boot. Snake Eyes! And he fucking Germans him across the ring. That 6'10 Texan goes flying. Hey, man. Uh, we got a high knee from Taker to prove he can work uh, modern style. Uh, and then misses another big boot and gets knocked out to the floor. And Angle jumps into getting caught by Taker and gets driven into the ropes. This is a good spot. It's something I, you don't see with Taker matches a lot. Um, even though he does, I've noticed this. This is a trope of Taker. He does. He misses the big boot in the corner all the time. Yeah. yeah. He misses it into the corner and goes. He doesn't fly over the ropes. He like his one leg goes over and then he like slowly like works himself over the ropes. It's like a weird thing he likes to do. I don't know. It doesn't work like Sean. Fucking. No. Yeah, it's, it's not the same. It's also, he's much bigger. It's not a Ric Flair flip over the turnbuckle. No. It, yeah. it also fits in every single fucking person who goes who faces Taker always goes after his legs. So that weird big boot, his knee gets caught in the top rope. So it's a weird, oh, the way the way you chop a tree down, you start at the base, go after yeah. his legs. It kind he's of fits targeting that. that knee. Yeah. Taker gets a leg drop for two. Brother, if you don't make that your finisher, if that brother doesn't get you three, it finishes... My spot, dude. I'm coming in at SummerSlam, brother. <laughs> uh, Taker stalks for the choke slam, and Kurt starts kicking his knee. So Taker just uppercuts his face. It's like a pretty fun, like, stop kicking my knee, you little fucking, like, bug. Like, it's like, it was, it's pretty funny. Um, Angle brings him to the post and starts working the knee. And then he shout out. To Brett the Hitman Hart, he puts on the figure four um, around the uh, ring post. Fun fact about this, Brett Hart used to say that he would tell the guy he was doing that to, to grab his leg in a certain spot and to grab his arm, his hand or his arm, mm-hmm. so Brett's head didn't just go all the way back and concuss him. If you watch Kurt Angle do this move, it makes sense that he has neck and head issues. He fucking just drops. like It's like he's doing a pile driver to himself. Like, he, like, drops his neck, like, so hard on the ground yeah. to do the spot. He's, like, the aggressor in the spot. It just, it, I noticed that, and you, like, you could tell he was, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like you, he was, like, like, you could tell right after he's, like, having little arm syndrome. Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a lot more outside the ring fighting and brawling in this match than I remember. It, it, it goes well, I think. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the whole brawling and the whole Attitude Era 10 minutes of every 25-minute main event is going to be on the outside, but it works here. Uh, the one thing I noticed from outside the ring, I don't know if you caught this, after they put someone through a table, I think I think he put angle slam Taker through a table, or like back yeah. them. Mm-hmm. After that, at some point, uh, like one of the table things were ripped off, and it was like up, it was like laying on the ground, but not flat on the ground. It was like laying on the side. And Taker throws Kurt Angle into the oh, yeah, yeah. into the stairs, and he bounces off it, and like legitimately, like hits his neck. It hits him right in the Adam's apple. Like, yeah, upward, 
laying thing. And I, I think it like for a second, I was Terrence. I was marking out a little bit. I was like, he might actually be hurt. <laughs> like I thought he like stabbed. I thought he like crushed his neck on the on the thing. It actually looked bad. I don't, there's no way that was planned. I don't think he actually got hurt, but like yeah, yeah it definitely wasn't. It could have been, been a weird little. I think I don't think it was planned, but I think Kurt just play, worked it to make it look like that could be true. Yeah. Um, I remember Randy Orton fucked up his back big time, um, and got like a cut down his back from a monitor being oh in, like a. Oh god, dude! Yeah. I cringe every time I see that. I'm like, please take the monitor off. I cringe every yeah. time I see that because of that. Yeah, Randy Orton had like a. One, one people they they like Taker took the the thing off the top and left the monitors on there, and then they never used that table. I saw that they never used that table. Yeah, yeah. they used the one that they didn't take the shit That's why that's what I thought that was a table that Mark Henry was gonna body slam Undertaker. Yeah, through. that's what that's what I thought it was. I have that written down here. Well, a- after this, Kurt so Taker goes for the leg drop on the outside on the um on the fucking. On this the is my favorite game. reversal of the match. And Kurt just grabs his fucking ankle and torques yeah. it. And fucking, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, reverses. Taker sells it well. Reverses the apron leg drop into a ankle lock. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. And we got more of that coming. Uh, Taker starts, like, Taker sells the ankle well. He, he breaks out of it. And Taker gets on his back. And Angle starts, I don't, I've never seen Angle do this before. He starts doing, like, an inverted like ankle lock, he's like twisting his ankle while yeah. he's just like on his back, and it's yeah. like, huh? Yeah. Like, it was cool though; it was different. Um, Taker locks in a triangle choke because he he's a submission specialist as well. Yeah, the, the triangle choke is his Hell's Gate forte. Is that Hell's Gate? Actually, yeah. Is something different? No, it's Hell's Gate. You're right. Uh, I don't think it was called Hell's Gate at this point. I feel like it was just the triangle, and Hell's, eventually it became Hell's Gate. Hell's Gate was like 08. Yeah, because the Hell's That's, Gate is banned, playa. As a taker purist, I prefer everyone to use the right terminology. I don't care what year it is. <laughs> uh, taker and Angle brawl outside again. Like we just said, Taker clears the table, and then Kurt Angle, Angle slams Taker through the other table that wasn't cleared. Yeah. Which I actually thought was like a, it's kind of cool. It makes it kind of yeah. cool where it's like it was kind of a quick little spot. It's exciting. Yeah, it makes you feel like oh, was that like did he fuck that up or uh, it's like it makes you think a little for a second. Is it real? <laughs> I think he's actually hurt. Is it a booked shoot? No, I don't know. Uh, Kurt stops the ref from stopping the match due to count out, which is like I am a babyface, like. He like gets in the ring. He's like, I do not want to win by countout. Yeah. I am a babyface. He gets the house mic. He's like, yeah. buy my merch. I am a babyface. But uh, yeah, well, but I thought that was cool though. It makes it seem like a legitimate. Like it should have just been no DQ. Yeah, but you even said yourself the reason you love this match is, is two guys going at it. Like yeah. I, I want to beat you, and I want to beat you too. That's that adds to it. No, I agree. I agree. It over you. That's I agree. It works. I I do think I do think it was them trying to break Kurt out of his tweener thing and make him more of a baby face going forward. Okay. Um, Taker throws Kurt into the stairs. Like you guys just said, he sells the, sells the neck spot. And then uh, Taker goes to the top rope. And this is, I called this like, as it was happening, Kurt does, I, this is maybe my, my, like besides ankle lock reversals, my favorite Kurt angle, like spot is the guy, the guy he's facing goes to the top rope. Kurt goes up like he's gonna go for a superplex, and he gets shoved off after like fighting for a minute on the apron or on the on the um, turnbuckle. 
And then every single time, like, the guy who shoves him off is like, oh, okay, like, I got him off of me. And, like, they, they always cut it perfectly, and it's just on the guy on the thing. And then Kurt does, like, this, like, quick run-up where he, like, belly-to-bellies him and, like, throws him. And it's always so fucking fast. Like, it's always, like, it's always, like, he falls, waiting, waiting, boom, like, and it's just, like, he does it so quickly and is able to, like, belly-to-belly so fast. I've always thought that was such a cool spot. And Taker kicks out at, like, two and three-fourths. Like, it is a really good kick out by Taker. Um, Taker goes for the chirk, the choke slam, the chirk slam. Taker goes for the choke slam, and uh, Kurt reverses it into the ankle lock. No matter what you do, Undertaker, he will find your ankle. Your ankle is not safe, Mark Calloway. Billion pieces. Fucking trillion pieces. Yeah, homing missile. Uh, Taker, so Taker locks Kurt into the triangle choke, which is reversed back into the ankle lock. It is, this match is a goddamn clinic. It's an absolute clinic. The last, like, ten minutes of this match are, is great. It's just a, it's a fucking roller coaster. Like I see, like I I know the finish, and I was like, uh, 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 like I was I was getting messed up at spot. So uh, Taker gets a choke slam and Kirk kicks. I, this is another thing. Now that Taker has four moves, can we stop acting like a choke slam is a legitimate finisher? Because <laughs> like every time he hits the choke slam, the announcers are like, oh, that's got to be it. And it's like he's got three bigger moves than that yeah. at this point. Like. It's a quasi finisher. Well, someone there's probably a good comparison somewhere else. It was like, it is a finisher, but like, all right, that's never. It's probably like fucking uh, Dolph with what? It, he's the. That famous- was literally what I. That was my first thought because my mind's always on Dolph Ziggler, yeah. but my mind was the famouser. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, yeah. It's just when you have the last ride, which is like I always love the last ride. When you have the tombstone and you have uh, the triangle. All three of those moves are like just finishing. They're more yeah. likely to end a match. Choke slam and the uh, and the famous are they're like moves where the referee can legitimately get excited, but you know it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, this might be the end, but never knows it's not the end. Yeah, it's like Triple H's spine buster. Triple H buster. Art Anderson. This man studied wrestling. Yeah, he's a he's a four horseman. Yeah. Um, Taker goes for the last ride, and one more fucking time. No, wait, never mind. There's another one. Holy shit! <laughs> angle locates Mark Calloway's ankle and torques the bitch until Undertaker is screaming, and then Taker Taker uh, reverses it, powers out of the ankle lock. I don't really love how they made. Taker, like, power out of the ankle lock. I kind of wish they would have let him just get to the ropes because he's so fucking big. It kind of makes it seem like, like, I don't know. I guess it makes sense just to the psychology of the match but because of how much bigger he is. But yeah. I would have liked it if he just got to the ropes. Um, Taker powers out of the ankle lock, goes for a choke slam. Or goes, yeah, goes for the choke slam, gets an angle slam for his trouble, and Taker barely fucking kicks out. Like, it is, a, again, another, like, that's angle slams finish, finish fucking matches all the time. So that was like a legit false finish. Um, and so Angle tears the straps down. He's fucking, he's ready to go. And as he tears the straps down, Taker sits up. And it's a fucking awesome, like, I, I, I was sitting there watching. I was like, let's fucking go. Like, this is fucking sick. Like, uh, and it is, it's pretty dope. Like, I, everything about this match is pretty perfect, in my opinion. 
I didn't notice one thing besides like that last comment about the ankle lock and maybe making Taker look invincible sometimes. Uh, there's not really anything I can complain about with this match. Um, he locates his ankle and he drops into the heel hook, which is usually where he, where he drops down and is laying on the ankle and torquing it. Yeah. And when he did that to Sean, Sean tapped out. When he does it to Taker, Taker reverses by kicking Kurt's face. <laughs> full spot. I thought it was like that's a better reversal than just like powering out and doing like the shove him with your legs mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. The whole, like he started fucking kicking his face up and Taker and Angle didn't let go at first. Like it was like, I'm gonna keep fucking kicking me in the face. I'm holding the fuck on. So it, it was just awesome. Um Angle hits an angle slam again. And this is the one thing that's actually I thought I thought this delegitimized the angle slam a little bit, but angle goes to pin him, and he pins him in like a weird way that's like clear that they're setting something up. And Taker, a second after taking an angle slam, locks in a triangle choke. Yeah, it's very. It's a little bit like ooh, that demeans the move a little. Yeah, but it was a cool spot still. It was still a cool spot. It was, but you're right. He's a little too spry after taking a, a finisher. And so he gets locked in the triangle, and it appears Kurt's choking out. His little arms are flailing, and he's he's fucking. It, it appears Kurt's gonna tap out, and then it appears at one point that he's out, that he's passed out. So yeah. they do the, the one, two, three arm thing, and on the third arm, on the third uh, lift of the arm. Nah, he didn't Hogan up, but he, no, no Hoganing. He flips him on his back, uh, where he, he flips on his back, I should say, Kurt Angle, and rolls up. Taker, one, two, three. And Kurt Angle is still whose shoulders were down. Heavyweight champion. And yeah, I, I the one thing I the one thing I will say about this, I this is legitimately one of my favorite finishes in the history of wrestling. Because it it both people look strong coming out of it. Yeah. And Tate and Angle looks like a fucking genius. Yeah. It looks like, like, that makes Angle look like a wrestling goddamn savant. Like, that, that whole thing. I love it. The one thing I'll say is that, like, Taker gets up and thinks he won. It's like, dude, you're on, like... Yes, clearly he didn't win because, A, you're choking him out and Angle does a move onto you and you hear one, two, three on the mat. Yeah. How, would you, how would you even imagine... Your shoulders are down. How would you even imagine you won? It, clearly you didn't. It's weird, and, but the fans don't even seem like they understand either and the announcers are arguing. I don't know why this wasn't clear, like, immediately what the finish was. Like... I, I don't know. It was weird. I get that that was like the direction that was the creative, but weird. But Angle is like on top of him in the weird like yin yang symbol they have going on. It's a like, it's a roll up. It's a fucking yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's just how it is. Like uh, I, yeah. He also initiated the move clearly, so it's not like he pinned himself. If you like, do like that yeah, way, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I I, that, I thought it was a great finish. I, I don't I just don't really get the psychology behind. I've used psychology way too many fucking times on this podcast, but I don't really get the uh, the whole the the whole mindset that um that he thought he won. I, it's so obvious. Like, and it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, and the, but the only thing I'll say good about it is the spot where Taker is like standing there ready to take the belt, and Nick Patrick. Like walks right by him and gives it to him. Yeah. He's like passed out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like that, that's pretty funny. Great. And then 
Nick Patrick apologizes to the Undertaker. He, I'm, I'm sorry, and he runs out of the ring. <laughs> and, and so then Taker picks Kurt up by his bootstraps uh, and tells him, oh, "I'm not done with you. I've got your number. You lost the fucking match, Mark. You lost the match. Let it go. You're facing Mark Henry at Mania, whether you like it or not. Not that next next SmackDown, the next week SmackDown match." Which is they were also a legendary match. Uh, a fucking phenomenal match. The only reason I don't think it's quite as good is there's not quite as many ankle lock reversals, which is really like... I think I remember about, like 10 tombstone reversals in, in that one. Really? I feel like they reversed the two... Like in this in this match that we're talking about, they, he, they, review, they reversed like one tombstone, I feel like. Where yeah. Kurt had him in a tombstone and they reversed it, whatever. I feel, but I, for whatever reason, I remember the SmackDown match being like a bunch of tombstone reversals, like an like an absurd amount. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I just remember I watched the match recently, and I remember being like, uh, "It's not quite as good as I remembered." Which no way out, I didn't really have the same feeling on. Maybe that's part. Maybe I'm valuing finishes a little too much, like because I love the no way out finish, and then having Mark Henry interrupt that squash Undertaker on a table is a little like, uh, yeah. But no, that that matches the the one spot I didn't I somehow didn't fucking mention. It's the only spot me and Matt talked about prior to the podcast. Taker uh, brings Kurt up for the tombstone, and then Kurt reverses it into his own tombstone, which gets reversed back into Taker's tombstone, yeah, and yeah. then Kurt drops down and gets the ankle, and it's like holy fucking shit, work rate! Like <laughs> it's just it is just like the the pinnacle of work rate. So yeah, that that's that's no way out. Two thousand and six. Uh, the next the next show up is a it's the first the first for the book shoot. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Can can we handle the big stage? I don't know. It's, we'll it, it, it remains to be seen. Until then, uh, the fans of the book shoot podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, upvote, star favorite. Uh, <laughs> rainbow, <laughs> rainbow, rainbow, rainbow emoji. Venmo, Patreon, Cash App. Cash App, yeah. Cash App me. Uh, yeah. uh, so bookshoot I. At gmail, bookshoot at g, uh, gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or I don't know, news. Episode any episode requests. Yeah, of course. Episode requests. Me too, here. So uh, no sorry. News. If you want to, <laughs> so I'm not forcing you to, it's just voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll swing it around to all you guys. If you want to plug your Twitter, feel welcome. Brendan, you got anything to say to close out the pod? Nope. <laughs> not, not a no plug in the Twitter. Maybe, I'll, maybe Twitter? I'll be back from WrestleMania. We have, we have yet to negotiate the WrestleMania. Yeah, you got to think for a big show like that, you know, you got to get your part-timer on. I'd yeah. like, yeah, You would think if the, if the, if the money's right. <laughs> also, does it? you have to make a conversation. Does it push the young talent in Matisse down on the card? I mean... You know, it's just sometimes these these old timers are coming in and stealing stealing the spotlight. These Batistas, the Paul the Paul of X. <laughs> he's, 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 many many points he's used in this podcast to get over. He he took from me. I could have used that and been shining in the limelight. <laughs> but I like to use my I my stole his notes too. Yeah, <laughs> I like to use my plug Twitter time for a PSA. For all the kids out there to get off Twitter, it's bad for you. And uh, oh my god, that's what I was. Follow at follow at the book shoot. Uh, it is it is a hub of wrestling activity that I'm uh, gonna try to uh, start replying more to uh, 
to comments and start replying more to like fan posts. Getting a lot of comments, so. Oh yeah, a ton, ton. Oh. Definitely not from only strictly people we know. Um, but <laughs> Terry, you got anything you want to say to close out the pod? No. Any Twitter to plug? Uh, you can follow me at tsanson11. Hell yeah. I'm giving Brendan Stephen though he's not giving it. I'm pretty sure it's Brendan Triple Smith or Brendan Triple S Smith or whatever, something like that. Use I'm on I'm on I'm on the burner. I've been burner. Follow me. You can follow me at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Most importantly, follow book shoot. And ladies and gentlemen, that. For the book shoot.